Welcome to Shake It and Disturb everyone. I am Darren Carp here with my husband, my soulmate, Magic Lorita Thrasher. Oh, he's grabbing the mic. He's doing something to the mic. And of course, John Thrasher, can we just see his full figuredness? Like, let me see. Like, can you just hold him? I know. Hold on. Like, put yourself in front of him because the background is now like, you're, you're like making him disappear. He's like, fuck you, dad. He I hates can't. you right now. So Stop swinging. Yeah, there we go. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna get a not suitable for work. Look at him. <laughs> he's complacent. Look at that. He's it's so Asha pop pop pop. Oh, he's Asha pop pop Chewing on. Okay. The oh, okay. So. All right. Well, Listen, guys. I tried. Here we are for YouTube, by the way. Hey, YouTube. Look, there he is. Hi, YouTube. Here we are. Hi, YouTube. We had to get magic because this was like. This was like the start of it. This, uh, yeah, yes, no. Fatty so looks. This is why you have to watch the YouTube and subscribe because you're gonna get my face with the voice mixed with seeing magic. He's he's pretty and hefty. It's me whoring my my cat out so that everyone can have a nice evening listening to the show. Absolutely. We want to thank everyone who's cheered us on as we do more fun stuff for the show, new Patreon perks, and of course our brand spanking new YouTube channel. So here we are in the flesh with That's Matt, right. Matt, with the Magi Show. Um, do you like that I said that his middle name was Lorita, by the way? I don't know if you caught that. Lorita? Lorita, Magic Lorita Thrasher. Did you catch that? I didn't catch that. I'm not sure that's approved, but I'm we'll have to confident talk that's to... yeah, I'm confident that's oh, you're just confident it is. Okay. Yeah, I'm confident. Um, but guys, we would really like you to subscribe. The more subscribers we have, the more visibility we get. Even if you don't fucking watch, just hit subscribe. Just tell oh. your kids, create a create a kids account <laughs> yeah, where your every... kids, yeah, you know, your 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 parents, your loved ones, your siblings, just start creating emails and start subscribing. Yeah. The more subs we have, the quicker we can hit our goals. Um, and we obviously are going to shout out some of you at the end of today's episode and moving forward. You send the us list. a screen grab of that subscription. And we will shout you out. The list is lengthy today on listener shout outs. Oh, it's, length. it's lengthy. At, at the end of the episode, um, you might say it's thick, like my son Magic, you know? So, yeah. Thick we thighs, thick cat, a lot of thickness going on. You got to listen go. to our NMR I was just uh, gonna from say this week's that. episode. Otherwise, you guys will think that I'm... John called himself a fat fuck. And so I felt <laughs> like John was talking to himself. I was motivating myself. Like me. If you will. Yeah. Right. And so um, then we changed it to thick thighs that's and right. brown eyes, even though he's got green eyes. But that's, that's right. not the point. That's not the point at all. So that's right. That's kind of how we are. But uh, it feels good to be on YouTube. I feel. I feel. Yeah. I feel great. I feel good. And I want to say one last thing before we get into the episode is I'm wearing my Serena Williams greatest of all time goat sweatshirt hoodie let me just move my mic go at go at it well darren let's get into this week's episode now that we've got all of the housekeeping out of the way um and i'm in uh this episode begins in the summer of 1989 the year of taylor swift's birth which i think is what i will always associate 89 with darren I don't think you could have paid me to get that reference, but I do know her album is 1989, That's and I do know that she's a year yeah. younger than me, so I That's should right. have known that. That's right. But okay, fair. And you but were okay, born fair. in 80... She's a year younger seven. than me, John. I literally just said it. A year, 87. Year... That's right. 87. Got it. Um, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I really hope you are. 
really hope you are. I thought you would really catch on. You. Anyway, guys, let's get into the episode. Here we go. So it is the summer of 1989. 19-year-old Deidre In Hunt. In the summer of 69. Close. No, not the same, oh. but close. Oh. Yes. Okay. Um, 19-year-old Deidre Hunt moved from New Hampshire to Daytona Beach to live with her boyfriend. By the way, also what you get on YouTube is me constantly itching and touching my face and annoying myself. So I hope you guys are ready for all those types of things. And you just get me being perfect. I don't do anything wrong ever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much true. That's it. Yeah. Um, Moving on. Anyway, she moved to Daytona Beach to live with her boyfriend. Um, Deidre had just left a very rough home life. Her mother had suffered from lifelong mental illness, and Deidre herself had been the victim of, tragically, childhood sexual abuse. Mm. Now, in her first year of adulthood, Deidre had participated in an armed robbery for which she'd been arrested and sentenced to six months in jail. She moved to Daytona Beach and was ready for a fresh start. So when the relationship ended soon after her move, Deidre decided to stay in the area anyway and got a job bartending at a pool hall called Top Shots. Because, by the way, pool halls were a thing back in the day. I remember There's still billiards are still a thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just that it's not it's I was having this conversation the other night. It's like a bowling alley because like Nadine was like, yeah. oh, we were I was hanging out with friends and they're they're Nadine's they're older than us, right? They're like 10 years older than us. And they were like, my dad used to take us to the bowling alley, you know, when we were kids. And like, he was a bowler. And Nadine was like, my dad had like uh, um, his initials on one of his bowling balls. So like, you know, like he was an actual bowler. And I was like, she's like, do people still hang out of bowling alleys? I was like, yes, they do. Yeah. It's just like, it's not, it wasn't like, it's not the water cooler moment that it once was, but billiards and bowling are still a thing. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm thinking of like, I guess a pool hall would be similar to like, you know, bar like, like a bowling alley, there were places where they just had billiards, you know, or or like a lot of the bars back then definitely had had uh, billiards. But I remember like when I was really young, um, when I was a kid, there were like a lot of restaurants that just had, you know, billiards in them. It was like a very popular thing late 80s and in the 90s. But anyway. Anyway, um, this particular place, Top Shots, was owned by a 30-year-old named Costa Fotopoulos. I'm hopefully saying that right. Costa was born in Greece and had moved to the United States as a teenager. He'd completed college and postgraduate studies in the States and became a naturalized citizen in 1995. Now, it wasn't long before Deidre and Costa began seeing each other romantically. He even rented an apartment and let her live there for free. That's nice. Yeah, definitely. Costa wasn't a particularly nice man, and he was known to be both, (laughs) despite what Darren said, um, just known to be both physically and mentally abusive to his partners. Although this certainly wasn't a side of himself he showed at the start of a new relationship. Of course, it never is. It never is. It never is. Yeah. Uh, There was also this other little problem with Costa, which was that he was married um, his wife, Lisa, owned and managed the Joyland Amusement Center, which was a local boardwalk attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa's father had left her a small fortune in his will when he had passed away, and she used some of that money to help build up the business. <clears throat> now, unbeknownst to Lisa, Costa was in debt to the tune of about $20,000 and was relying heavily on her family's wealth basically to keep himself and his own business afloat. So. A lot, you know, listen, anytime we start a show and the first segment has to do with debt 
and money and $20,000 and staying afloat and businesses going up or down. Right. It's not never a good sign. Never a good sign. What I'm focused on is that Lisa, like this wife, yeah. Own and operate a Joyland Amusement Center. Like if I got left this like small <laughs> fortune, like I kind of love people that just do something that seems fun. Like That's they're not like, I, you know, like, oh, I invested it and I, or I bought a bunch of properties or like I went back to law school. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. That's actually yeah, like yeah, a smart yeah. thing. But I love people that are like, yeah, I opened a local bookshop. Because I've always be, wanted to open a local bookshop. I'm like, I've had That's so many. Great. I've had so many conversations with friends lately. I think because of the up and down nature of of the country, for a variety of reasons, a lot of people are like, "What can I do that doesn't make me super reliable, uh, reliant on corporations?" I, and I'm like, I, "Start a bookstore." I think I think I told you this before um, that Nadine and I talk about this all the time, and I'm like, "I work at Costco." Oh my god! Don't even get me. Could you imagine me working at Apple? I would love my lifelong dream. Love it. Great in red. You look great in red. Sometimes there's a teal. Sometimes there's a teal. Black, whatever it may be, blue. Whatever it may be. Let me tell you something though. It sounds like Joyland. If I if I'm picturing what I'm assuming this is, is some sort of arcade slash ride type of well, situation it's a, it's a local boardwalk attraction so if yeah. I, it's an amusement center so i yeah. imagine it's arcade mixed with maybe like there's a oh bumper God, car or love. something you know something like that but like the, that's fun and growing up like going to the jersey shore like that's I was just gonna say i had that my whole life can i you tell know? you something you if you follow along on my instagram last summer i went to ocean city maryland for the first time in a long time and do you know what the highlight of my trip to the beach was Going to the, the arcade and um, winning a Pokemon out of the claw machine. Hello, most fun I've had in a long time. So and anyway, yeah. We wonder why he's single. Okay, there so to go. help make, to, hey, you're meeting men in grocery stores. <laughs> they they want to sell me their multi-level marketing schemes, but yes, I am. That's true. Because he wants you to open a Joyland Amusement Center, John, <laughs> and you're not paying attention. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, so to help make ends meet, Costa had become involved in a counterfeiting scheme back in 1987, also known as the two years before Taylor Swift was born, in case for anyone. That's true. Thank you. Now, and this maybe involved- maybe the year of your birth, we're not quite sure. Yeah, right, going. but it isn't, but like it could be, but it isn't, but it could be. So this involved him purchasing $100,000 in counterfeit $100 bills <laughs> and spending them throughout the country without drawing attention to himself. This is why I would be a terrible- Frank Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can, because I have no poker face and I would be so scared Same. giving anyone that counterfeit bill that like the I moment would... they hold it up to the light, I'm like, okay, okay. No, I, I would give it to them and I'd be like, I'm so sorry. That's fake. I'm so right. sorry. Let me try and find you a real one. Yeah. Let me find a real one. You should just call the cops now. Like I couldn't do it. Well, the U.S. Secret Service was already on to Costa and it flagged him as a cool person of interest, but at the time didn't have enough evidence to indict him. Makes sense. They don't want to bring something to court and then lose their opportunity to do that. We've talked about right. this before. But a problem arose. One of Costa's employees, 19-year-old Kevin Ramsey, found out about Costa's counterfeiting scheme and started making comments about he could how he could blackmail Costa with this information. Oh. Interesting. So the counterfeiter becomes the counterfeitee. And Lisa remained you like that? Lisa remained ignorant Beautiful. about her husband's um, affair until October of 1999. She'd spent weeks suspecting that Costa had been sleeping with Deirdre, only and finally caught him leaving her apartment one day. Oh God, I hate this shit. By the way, I don't like it either. Yeah. 
well, desperate for some type of tangible proof, Lisa followed her husband's car from the apartment and almost got into an accident herself as she chased him. Of course, when they finally met face-to-face, Lisa was furious and insisted to cost a fire Deirdre from Top Shots. That's right, because Deirdre was working there. I kind of forgot about that already. Is it Deirdre or Deirdre? It's hard to say. I always say Deirdre. 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 Because I think both are right, and this one doesn't have that second R. Yeah, that's right. So I would say I'd say it's Deirdre. 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 I'm sorry. I'm so bad at it. Inexplicably, Costa completely denied that there was any affair going on. Of course, plausible deniability. Hello, man. Yes. Or that he'd even been with Deirdre, which was ridiculous as Lisa had literally just (laughs) followed him from her home. I give him credit for being like, what? Listen, no. he has counterfeit $100 bills. What do you expect? Right. This course? man is not, this man is no shame. This man is right. not worried about being caught by anything. If and by the way, that. is this not, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get into some of this, but is this not such a quintessential Florida man type of case already? But all right, this tells me he's willing to take out a, take out, create a hundred K in counterfeit bills. Why don't yeah. you start with 500 and just see if that works? But he's like, <laughs> right. no, I'm going all in. Right, now, when right. Costa refused to fire Deidre, Lisa announced that she would be divorcing him and that he wouldn't be entitled to a penny of her family's money when they split. Well, and on November 1st, Lisa was attacked while at work. Her assailant pointed a gun at her and threatened to shoot her if she didn't do uh, what he said. Oh, wow. He tried to force Lisa into a small windowless room, but she was quick and managed to escape by rolling between the man's legs. Huh. Interesting. That's Interesting. I now, mean, once, you have to kind of, you, you got to be quick. You, you got to be, be on quick. the punch. I think it's worth noting too. I mean, this is the nineties, like true crime television isn't a thing. True crime mm-hmm. podcasts certainly weren't a thing. So it's like, you almost wonder how people know how to do some of this stuff, because unless you've seen it in a movie, how else are you learning, you know, that, that kind of instinct. But you know, I don't know. Cause I kind of think about this all the time, like what I would do. And granted, yes, we cover this stuff, but like, sometimes you you don't your brain doesn't kick in your 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 yeah. fight or flight you know or freeze response just goes for it yeah. and i think you just think quickly Do i mean it. there's so many yeah. Inc- yeah like even when i remember like riding a bike and i couldn't get my brakes working or like I was on rollerblades oh or I couldn't get something. It's like, what do you do? You know, like, do you crash into something? Do you fall over? Like you just right. make this split second decision that it's not like you could prepare for it. You just kind of yeah. go for it. You know, I agree. Well, yeah. once out of the room, luckily she fled to safety and called the police. Now she later identified a man named uh, Tasia James as her attacker from a picture in a photo lineup. The incident was thought of as frightening, but kind of nothing more than a fluke until later in the week. Yeah, this is all this is all just very disturbing, especially when you know that she, you know, had basically was like, I'm going to be leaving you now. And then this happens. You know what I mean? Um, So in the early hours of November 4th, Lisa woke to a loud noise and tried her best to process the chaos that was occurring in her bedroom. According to Lisa, upon waking, she recalls seeing Costa standing at the foot of their bed holding a gun in his hand. There was another man lying shot at the foot of the bed, gun also in hand, with his fingers still on the trigger. Now, Lisa, yeah, Lisa herself had received a gunshot wound to her head. The bullet miraculously lodged just above her left eye without doing any major damage to her brain. Um, The bullet that shot her had come from the gun of her unknown attacker. 
Costa had shot the second man multiple times. The attacker was dead by the time Lisa was able to process what was happening. I mean, imagine, I mean, for a moment, as tragic and terrible as this is sounding so far, but like, you know, imagine just being completely asleep and then awoken to gunshot wounds, one of which was to your head. And then trying to process not only just like what happened to you, but like the noise, the chaos. I, sometimes I wake up and I don't even remember like what room I'm in, to be honest, if I've been, if I've been in a deep sleep. Well, I think with the Idaho murders that happened, you know, a year and That's a half right. ago, yeah, um, yeah. with the one with the one roomie who survived and she wasn't attacked and people were like, how did you not hear anything? How did you do this? It's like, you don't know what it would be like. You know, you can be in any sort of kind of state like I I. I, yeah. I can't imagine being either woken up from a slumber or sleeping through something, but it's all possible. I mean, who knows how your brain's going to react to anything, exactly, especially in a trauma situation. Well, nonetheless, Costa called nine one one, and when the police arrived, they took one look at the situation and ruled that this was simply a home invasion gone wrong. This meant Costa's shooting had been in self defense, right? So, mm-hmm. however, when Lisa began describing the details of her attack at the boardwalk just a few days later. They grew a little more concerned that the incidents might actually be connected. Lisa began telling investigators everything she could remember about the attack and the days leading up to it. And by the way, if I'm Lisa at this point, I'm one like is she think is she connecting those things on her own, or does she think these are just two two right. days of her normal week? You know what I mean? She said that the night before the shooting, her husband had spent some time burying a large black bag in their yard. Oh, okay. Now, she described this as fairly ordinary, actually, as Costa was a, quote, conspiracy nut. We all know those. Okay, okay. Who who routinely buried things that he didn't want found. Well, to be fair, like, that is out of the ordinary for people like us who aren't, like, doomsdayers, like, who think we aren't, like, preppers. Yeah. But I think for people who are, and I'm not making a, I'm not casting dispersions. Like, like I think that some people, like, it's good to have that, especially in LA when you have earthquakes and stuff. So I think that if this is kind of something that that person does, this isn't that weird. I think for us, it's like, why the fuck are you bearing something in the backyard? But like, you know, people do weird shit all the time. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, I completely agree with you. She had gone to sleep while he was outside digging in the yard and hadn't woken up until that, you know, her attacker's gun went off. So when police dug into the situation, no pun intended, a little further, they realized that something seemed off about the so-called burglar, uh, who they now knew to be a 20-year-old named Brian Chase. Which is hilarious because I know a Brian Chase. You do? Yeah. Oh, my God. I do. But to see now, if he knows about this. That would be wild. Um, in order to get to the to Costas and Lisa's bedroom, he would have had needed to walk past all sorts of expensive possessions that he could have fled with instead of just waking up the home's inhabitants and risking capture. Right. If this was just a robbery, well, they're sleeping, just grab the goods and fucking go. And not you know, only most, capture, but getting shot and killed because that was. Well, that's the thing. I feel like robber, I think if you're just out of for the goods, no one really wants to kill anybody. No one wants to right. die. You're doing that as a way to, as like a means to an end, but not the yeah. end. Yeah. So it also didn't make a lot of sense why a burglar would shoot a sleeping woman instead of her gun wielding husband. Like that doesn't right. track. And when the news began reporting the story of the attack, police received a tip from a man named Michael Cox. Michael was close with both Deidre. Deidre? Deidre and Brian Chase and had grown extremely suspicious of his friend's death. When he called local authorities, Michael informed them 
that when his friend Deidre, <laughs> Deidre had recently introduced him to her new boyfriend, Costa, he offered Michael $10,000 uh, to kill his wife. Oh, okay. Just casual. Hi, nice to meet you. Do you want to kill this my wife for $10,000? Interesting. Well, I'm not surprised that this is what's going down. Now, detectives asked Deidre to come to the station. Deidre. I know, but I like saying Deidre. Okay, Deidre. I was like, is she still saying that? Deidre. Detectives asked to say Deirdre to come to the station for an audio-taped interview. At this time, she made a shocking confession to investigators. She admitted that she had been involved with the attacks against Elisa, which is huge. Yeah. She also told police that Costa had confided in her some of her deep, some of his deepest, darkest secrets. He was a counterfeiter, Ooh. which we know was to be true. Oh. A bank robber. Oh. Ooh. More interesting, he was actually a quote a trained assassin. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Who had needed to torture and kill Ugh. roughly eight people. Now, oh, I don't know how I feel about roughly eight people. I feel like it's either eight or it isn't. Yeah, that's fair. Could be yeah, roughly ten. This is the it's research we found. Yes, that's right. Now, he'd also told her he owned an entire arsenal of weapons, including assault rifles and grenades. Oh. Now, that's, well, that's more than just the right to bear arms as far as <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Assault rifle and grenades specifically are a little bit much. Now, according to Deidre, Costa had initially planned to kill another man, his 19-year-old employee, Kevin Ramsey, who had actually learned of Costa's counterfeiting Ah, side scheme. Because remember, he had kind of tried to blackmail him and all this stuff. Now, since then, she told police. So she then told police an extremely gruesome story. On October 20th, Costa brought Deidre and Kevin out to an old shooting range in the woods, explaining that both were given the opportunity to be ducted into the secret Hunter Killer Club. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to be part of that club. I don't know if I do either. I don't know if I need that. Now, said also revealed to Kevin that he was a trained assassin who worked for both the mob and the CIA. Hard to pull off. Now, Darren, you were just talking about the mob on Thursday's NMR episode. So I think this is interesting. It's connected. Yeah, Sopranos. Sopranos. Well, so from here, according to Costa, once Kevin and Deidre were inducted into the club, they could be trained to be assassins, too. This is giving me, like, Marvel's Black Widow, but, like, but like not that, like, the Florida Man version of it. But now, I also but- love that this is happening in, like, an old shooting range in the woods. Like, wouldn't <laughs> right. you take them to, like, Langley? Like, that's what I don't yeah. understand. Like, right. take them to the base. But okay. And both, both Deidre and Kevin believed Costa and agreed to journey into the woods with him. Now, once the three were alone in the wilderness, Costa ordered Kevin to scout the area to make sure nobody was around. He then told Deidre in secret that at most two people were going to be driving back to town that night and that if she wanted to be one of them, she'd have to kill Kevin. Jesus. He, he then this gave is a hunter killer club or whatever. Definitely. Yes. He then gave her a 22 caliber handgun, keeping an AK-47 for himself. Casa and Deidre then caught up with Kevin and told him that the initiation ritual required the inductee to murder someone while being filmed. The tape would then be circulated amongst the other members as, quote, insurance that nobody would go to the police. I can all these faces because I'm like, I know Darren's really not. We're going to need this for the thumbnail. Yeah, no, we need this for the thumbnail. This is not good. I think, um, you know, I, it's funny because I was just reading like a New York mag article about how this woman essentially and, and this no one got killed, thank God. But like that she basically 
got one of those like scams, like um, the yeah. financial scams, where she's like, I am a financial journalist, like working for like New York Mag, uh-huh. and I essentially put fifty thousand dollars in a shoebox and handed it to a stranger. Oh, and you, you know, you don't realize it as it's happening. Like this is not a not smart woman. This is it has yeah. nothing to do with no, smarts. Like it's easy to be duped when you're thinking that you're like, right. I'm going to do this. That way we're all in it together, right? As opposed to like, this person's about to fucking blackmail the shit out of you. Absolutely. And Casa then instructed Deidre to tie Kevin to a tree to start the ritual. Kevin allowed himself to be tied to the tree. That's... Yeah, I mean, this is the research we have. I mean, this is what I'm sure we'll get to the, you know, what where this comes from, the testimony, I'm assuming. But... Um, Casa then started filming with his camcorder. Remember, this is the 90s, so it's not like an iPhone situation. It's a gigantic over-the-shoulder type of camcorder, I'm sure. The video he captured shows Deidre pointing the handgun at Kevin and shooting him three times in the chest. Jesus, it's like snuff videos. Yeah, exactly. And remember, he's a teenager. So as the teenager slumped over against his ropes, Deidre walked up to him and fired a fourth shot into his head. At this point, Costa stopped filming and fired a single shot from his own gun into Kevin's head to make sure that he was dead. Glad he stopped filming, though. (laughs) Yeah, right. So Deidre claimed that throughout the ordeal, Costa had his AK-47 pointed at her to make sure that she went through with the murder, a detail which, if true, was not captured on film, as Costa was, of course, the one that was recording. And she later led officers to Kevin's body, which by this point, as you can imagine, was unfortunately extremely decomposed, having been out in the elements. So obviously there's some truth of it because she she's lining up with the story. Obviously, because Costa was in filming, we can't ever verify if he was actually holding an AK-47 to her, um, her yeah. to her head. Although this would explain why Kevin agreed to then be tied up. If right. someone's pointing a gun at you, okay. Well, you can't imagine that she's going to have a gun and he's not in this scenario, you know. Right, or that all things being equal, that a man would allow a woman right. to do this without feeling like he could probably overpower her. Right. You yeah. know, so like I get it if it's like another bulky guy, it's like, okay, I'm gonna allow him to do this. But like to a woman, I just like I Yeah, you know, but if someone's pointing an AK forty seven, yeah, I'm probably gonna fucking do what he says. Right. So she informs police that Costa had kept the videotape of the murder as a way to get her to cooperate with his real plan. He needed to murder his wife in order to collect on her seventy thousand dollar life insurance policy we we knew it was coming right and now he could be sure that Deidre would help him now Deidre was interviewed for two hours uh during which time she told police everything she knew about Costa's plan to kill Lisa including the fact that he'd actually paid five different hitmen to kill her over the past several weeks but that each attempt had been unsuccessful okay this is what this says to me a you're wasting your money b If you're you're wasting your money if you want the seventy thousand dollars, but you're willing to pay five guys ten thousand dollars, like okay, yeah. so where, where where's this money coming from? What, and what why are five attempts from? unsuccessful? Why are you hiring right. the worst hitmen in the world? Like if you're gonna fucking do it, do it. Oh, oh, now, oh, oh. oh, thank you. Costa had offered Brian Chase five thousand dollars to murder Lisa. Jesus, and the home Terrible. invasion on the morning of November fourth was his third attempt. Brian had crept into the house and tried to shoot Lisa point blank in the face with a twenty two bullet. Uh, But as the bullet entered her head, it hugged the curve of her skull instead of ripping through her brain. And this actually saved her life. It's so interesting to hear these stories when these stories kind of come out. The ballistics of it all, too. Brian tried to shoot her a second time, but the gun had jammed. This is divine intervention as far as I'm concerned. For sure, yes. Right? Like, this is is major. At this point, Costa pulled out a 9mm revolver and shot Brian in the head, killing him. Wow. 
Now, Deidre and Costa were both arrested and charged with two counts of capital murder. Wow. At first, Deidre pled not guilty, but when it came clear that Costa's video of Gavin Ramsey's murder would be shown to a jury, as I'm sure Costa sort of predicted, mm-hmm. she withdrew her initial plea and instead pleaded guilty to both murder charges in the hopes of avoiding the death penalty. Right. Now, in exchange for her plea, the judge agreed to hold off on sentencing until she gave testimony against Costa. It's also interesting because remember, these recordings are, I'm assuming, being done on, like I said, a big, like, kind of over the shoulder camcorder that goes right onto like a VHS. Yeah. So it's like you have to be able to find that actual video, like the evidence. And it's so easy, by the way, back in the day to like record over a video and or throw it away or burn it or do whatever. So the fact that, you know, we're getting that evidence, I think, is so fascinating, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, when it was finally time for her to speak against him, Deidre felt unable to go through with it and asked for the judge to simply sentence her instead. At sentencing, Deidre's mother made an appearance to deliver a statement, which basically amounted to the sentiment that I don't want my daughter to die, but if it happens, it happens. Before her sentencing was delivered... Jesus Christ! Yeah, before before her sentencing was delivered... Deidre herself gave a statement taking responsibility for her actions and begging for leniency, saying, quote, I take responsibility for my actions, but I was a non-willing participant in these crimes. If I had not done it, I would have died at the hands of Costa Fotopoulos. Uh, She went on to state that, quote, killing Kevin Ramsey was the most disgusting, repulsive scene I ever saw in my life, but I chose life, even with the horror, terror, fear, and pain, and disgusting, degrading torture at this man's hands, end quote. The presiding judge sentenced Deidre to death twice, one for each count of murder. Now that she seemingly had nothing to lose, Deidre finally agreed to actually give testimony against Costas, uh, who was also sentenced to death. However, in an extremely odd turn of events, Deidre was allowed to appeal her conviction in spite of the fact that she had entered a plea of guilty. As it, which I would love to dive into how exactly that even happens, but okay. As it turned out, her first right. Case- how hard is it to like overturn right? Because this is something I like Adnan Sayed was trying to get for years. I just wonder, yeah. like, well, how it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we have here. So, as it turned out, her first court-appointed attorney, Peter Niles had engaged in some extremely unethical behavior. There it is. Which is how it happens, yep. During the initial legal proceedings, Peter had been granted permission by the court to videotape his visits with Deidre and bring a cameraman and law clerk with him to help with filming. And as That's it turned weird. Out, yeah, and as it turned out, Peter's guests were actually affiliated with a tabloid TV show called A Current Affair, which I do remember wow. from the 90s. Oh. That's some like gonzo journalism as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, though. So right. the show's producer had offered to pay Peter $5,000 if he set up an interview with his client. Again, this is not like that much money. Like it's, it's nothing 90s, to sneeze out. Not. I'm just saying like to change your whole life and like to yeah. change the course of your whole career, your whole life, everything for 5K. I don't know. 5K in like the 1920s is a very different thing than the 90s. You know what I mean? Right. There was a video that was circulating on TikTok and I'm going to butcher it, but it was like a wife, like a husband's like sitting there on his bed, like watching TV and a wife comes in and she's like, honey, would you like kill me for a billion dollars? He's like a billion dollars. I'd slap you in the face for a billion dollars. Like, what are we talking about? You know, like, oh yeah, when I slap you in the face, she's like, I'd kill you for a billion dollars. And it's like, right. 
right. million dollars. That's what okay. would happen. Yep. That's the price it's going to pay to make <laughs> me change my whole life. That's right. So, so after, you know, offers him 5k, however, yeah. he lied to Deidre who wasn't making any money from the interview, telling her that he wasn't being paid either. Now, the truth about the interview came out in 1993, and faced with the realization that Deidre's attorney was behaving so unethically, the judge was forced to grant her a new trial on the grounds of defense misconduct. Three years later, in 1996, Deidre's case was finally going to trial, and she once again was found guilty of both counts of first-degree murder. But this time, she was granted a sentence of life in prison, which she still continues serving today as opposed to being sentenced to death. She's currently in her mid-50s. So, barring any health issues, she's got a ways to go. Costa was scheduled for execution uh, in 2008 and once again in 2018. Both times were postponed due to appeals. This happens. You can be on death row for yeah. 20 years. He's in his mid-60s, still on death row in Florida. And Lisa is alive yeah. and well and even remarried after Costa's trial. She posts a lot of boomery <laughs> football memes to Twitter, which is uh, pretty great. Yeah, that's the uh, a little bit of research there from Megan as we look at some of that stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I think this is a fair. I think all things considered, this is fair. I mean, you're not going to get a not guilty verdict when you have video of you shooting a man three times. Um, well, I think it depends, right? Like, I I think I think there are situations under which. Listen, if someone comes at me right now and points a fucking gun to my head and says, shoot this well, that's guy. that's what I'm saying, yeah. You know, sure. like, did I shoot the guy? Yeah, but not because I, mean. I genuinely wanted to. Yes. It's hard to deny that. I think it's because they didn't have proof that she also wasn't in on it and had kind of lied to the police and kind of right. gone back and forth. That wasn't going to make her look good. And that was really the problem. But yeah, yeah obviously, like, it's hard to you you need that proof i think without some plausible deniability yeah and you know we've talked a lot about capital punishment and the death penalty and i do think a life sentence is probably the most appropriate sentencing in my opinion yeah but what a tragic case and it's just it just gives me so many um chills yeah it does because it does give me chills it really makes me uh shaken and disturbed not to be corny but it does girl let's get let's end oh Zoey's notes. Let's end on a uh, positive listener shout outs. We promised you guys that we were going to kind of, uh, if you sent us your subscribe, screen grabs, shout them out. Let's do it. That's right. Thank you to some of you who have shared your pick and or subscribe to our channel. I hear a couple of you guys, Brittany Goodman, someone named ABP Boston, who I looked for your first name, whoever this is. I could not find it. I almost said all points bulletin, but it'd be all bulletin points. That's true. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Angela, Mel, and Cold underscore Sprouts. Uh, appreciate Ooh. your comments as well on the channel. I certainly like Cold Sprouts more than I like Hot Sprouts. There you go. Just saying. There you go. And of course, Sarah I, Jamie, and Jeff and Carla, who I Love. actually think is really smoky and like mittens, whatever mittens, the cat's name Mittens, that's are. right, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's Jeff and Carla, that, yeah. but it's really smoky and mittens. So yeah. I'm just, fair enough. yeah, I just wanted to like say it's really the cat. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. We really want, uh, of course, we've got Brett and Sierra. We've got another Jamie, not spelled That's with right. a Y. We've got spelled with an I. Emily and Chris. Yeah. So all great names, all great supporters. Thank you guys so much. Once again, please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to be shouted out on uh, our next episode or in the coming episodes. It's YouTube.com slash at 
the at symbol shaken and disturbed. We're obviously going to put that in the show notes, but you have Definitely. to put that at sign in there for it to work. Just search for it. You'll be fine. Search. Yeah. For search. It, uh, and search. I'm going to search <laughs> later and click the link uh, in this week's show notes and it'll be right there. Like I said. And of course, we have brand new Patreon perks. If you sign up for the Radish or Sussy Radish tier, you can join us live every single week during our recording. You can weigh in on the case, talk with other listeners, participate in polls. And uh, frankly, you're going to become what is essentially a a co-host on our show. We haven't started those yet. We're going to be um, announcing when those are starting very soon. We're just getting all the technical things in in order about that it turns out you have to request to go live from youtube which takes a minute so that's in the works so we will be doing that in the coming weeks so get very excited but any tier that you join means the world to us so please really does thank you yes at patreon.com slash shaken and disturbed or you can also click it in the show notes darren great episode great recording enjoy new york will you be back in la for next week's recording Back in sunny LA for there next week. Don't By the you way, worry. It was, it was 65 and sunny here in Pittsburgh today. So I just want to let you know spring has uh, sprung a little bit for me. Spring as well. has sprung, cold sprouts, spring has sprung. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And I'm going to keep my sign on from a few weeks ago, which is, of course, check your mushrooms. And guys, as always from Darren Carp, check your pits, especially, particularly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.